I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without further ado, let's, let's get, get relational. relational. Hi, welcome to our fourth episode of Let's Get Relational. Uh, today we are talking about sense of humor. If you couldn't tell, we totally have a sense of humor because we're twinsies right now. Yeah, that was that was not entirely on purpose. <laughs> it's rare that we are twinsies in anything that we wear, but uh, when we were looking at doing sense of humor today, we said I had this shirt on prior to recording, and I said maybe I should just wear this today. And she said I brought that shirt with me too. <laughs> so we thought, why not? Yeah. But um, so today we're talking about sense of humor and how it can help better all of your relationships because you know that's why you're here because you want to learn more about the things you can do to just create better foundations for new relationships and uh, help build stronger foundations for current ones and just improve the ones that you already have um so today the first thing we're talking about in regards to sense of humor is that we don't really mean um excessive sarcasm making fun of things or people mocking people like that's not what we mean when we say like having a sense of humor is a really good thing um when handling some of your relationships and more um, serious conversations or more intense conversations um we don't want people to feel bad we're not saying you make other people feel bad or um use a lot of self-deprecating humor either like that's not making yourself feel good so that's not what we mean when we say sense of humor is really important. Um, it's, it's having more of a lightness and understanding where you can like ease on the tension a little bit, ease on the intensity and just lighten up within yourself as well. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make a joke or something like that. It's sense of humor also just is about being able to um, lighten up a little bit. Yeah, for me, that's the whole thing about sense of humor is just <laughs> approaching everything in life with a lightness. And I am not a big fan of like super sarcasm and making jokes of everything um, and uh, mocking people. It's just not, never has been my thing. And um, it's so important to me to just approach our relationship with lightness and to uh, approach all my friendships with that kind of lightness. And so there's a lovingness that comes with that, I think, mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, yeah. I'm not willing to take things too seriously. Um, if my feelings get a little bit hurt, I can turn it around a little bit and just make it light and go, well, what was the big deal about that? So yeah, I really like what you said about it. it's not self-deprecating humor either. Yeah, um, that drives me nuts. I think that's one of the most um, uh, under understood uh, parts of being a self-absorbed person is to be constantly self-deprecating yourself. Oh, I'm not good enough. Why did you even like me? I mean, it's like, that's just your way of getting attention, but in a negative way. Yeah. And like, if you're making jokes about like, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> I suck all the time, you know, I'm just like a terrible person. Like, I... <laughs> or, or I'm just blonde. Yeah. I'm just blonde. Like, ooh. Yeah. Heck. Like that's, that's not really what's going on there. It's, it, it's definitely a form of victimization. It's a form of, uh, giving up your own power. It's a form of like not accepting what's happening and then not moving forward from that. 
Um, there's a lot of things wrapped up into self-deprecating humor. And, and generally it's, it's in a way, it's trying to open up a conversation for someone else to correct you and make, get your um, like need met for validation from someone else instead of from within yourself. Um, and that's actually something that we'll we'll talk about in another episode is um, just working on, you know, not seeking other approval from other people to be able to get your own um, worth needs met because you are all worthy. You are all enough. Um, you may not think that right now for many, many reasons, but you <laughs> are. Um, and that's someone doesn't get to decide your worth you get to decide your worth. So it's that self-deprecation is sort of involved in that. So we'll talk about that. We'll dedicate a whole episode to it later. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so interesting thing about how we got to sense of humor being one of the pillars that we think is so important about mm -hmm. relationships is Sarah's teenage years. <laughs> yes. Now I had a sense of humor through her whole life and that's partly why we're really close because I didn't have to take too much too seriously. Um, I don't know if we've already shared this story about when you were a toddler and you would go and practice your crying in oh, front of I'd the mirror. I think we may have. We may have but... It. but it's funny like I, I could have um, I could have taken that seriously. I could have like mocked her. I could have done a lot of things but I, I just found myself chuckling a little and um, keeping in context then when something happened and she'd be crying, I was like, oh, that's the cry she picked out in the mirror. Um, and, <laughs> and so throughout her whole childhood, you know, there was a lightness and a sense of humor about everything. But particularly after her other mom and I broke up um, and there was a lot to get through in the recovery from the end of that relationship, um, I felt really... Um, stress from working a lot and having to manage everything with her, doing all of her transportation to um, events and things like that. And so we were driving home from Aikido one day and Aikido I, is a form of martial arts, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Yeah. Side note. <laughs> so um, we were driving home from Aikido. I remember exactly where we were going over the overpass over uh, Interstate 101 and um, set talking about some things that I needed uh, for us to happen and that um, I just couldn't take a lot of like pushback about everything. And so Sarah says, but I need to be able to complain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, but, I, but it's not complaining in like, oh, this is terrible, I don't wanna do this. It was more of like doing it in a funny way, like, mother, why must you make me do the thing? <laughs> like cleaning for cleaning the toilet, cleaning the kitchen, like just basic other chores, helping doing your homework, doing homework, that kind of thing. Like anything that I would need to do um, that I knew I was going to do anyway, that I just wanted to be like, can I just let me complain humorously just so I can at least get that frustration out of having to do what I need to do. But still both of us know that or knew that I was going to do it anyway but I could still complain um but like it would make her laugh and then make me laugh because I would say it in a funny way and then I would just go do whatever it was that I needed to do it was such a big breakthrough for us for her to be able to say I need to be able to complain mm -hmm. for me to say I can't take the stress of you uh feeling angry all the time and and resisting all the time and pushing back all the time. How can we work this out? So we we came at this from a win-win solution. 
she's like, I need to be able to complain, but I could do it with sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And that made this huge difference. And mm-hmm. I, I can imagine in other relationships being able to say, you know, honey, would you bring the trash cans in? No, I don't want to bring the trash cans in. Okay, fine. I'll go get them now. You know, it's just like being funny about mm-hmm. it, but but it allows you to um, expend that energy mm-hmm. of resistance. Mm-hmm. And the energy of resistance is very powerful. Um, and it can take you over and it can become like too much of your life. And humor just lightens everything up just a little bit and enough for you to feel like, oh, that's not such a big deal to have to go take the trash cans. Yeah. No, I don't want to do them at 11 o'clock at night, but could have done it at 7 o'clock. I just didn't remember to do it. Yeah. So, and it's just like, you can, and like what I, and I still do this to this day too, just, just so we're all aware here. Um, <laughs> uh, but like the other thing is like for taking the trash cans out, uh, trash cans out, you can be complaining that you have to do it really like hilariously while you're walking out the door to go get the trash cans. Like that's what I would do in the midst of doing the thing. I would complain about doing the thing. Um, so then it's like in the moment you're, you're letting out that resistance and that frustration of like, oh, I have to take the trash cans out. It's 11 o'clock at night. I don't really feel like doing it. So I'm just going to complain, complain as I dramatically walk out the door to go get them. Well, so, and I'll, I'll even do this on my own. I do it by myself. <laughs> I do not want to clean the kitchen. I do not want to clean the bathroom, but clean it. I must, you know, and just to have that lightness yeah. with myself. And, um, I think particularly during these Corona times, because mm-hmm. we're recording our first episodes during the time of Corona. Um, I think it's really important to find ways to lighten up and manage the stress better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's one of the ways that we've been doing it is, is not letting stuff build up and that resistance and that frustration and that anger. It's like, you know, there are things I don't want to do. Yeah. So sometimes it just is funny to me and, and uh, lightening to me to just do a little complaining about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it lightens up the mood with the other person who asked you to do the thing, lightens up the mood within you. So it just makes whatever you have to do an easier task to accomplish and not something that you're resenting then because that's the other thing is that when you have a lot of resistance, when you are still and then you're butting heads with with whomever is asking you to do what you need to do and you're butting heads with them, it can cause resentment on your side for you not wanting to do it and um, put pushing back at them and then they can resent you not being willing to do it. So then it's just like butting heads and it's just not, not a great thing. Um, so, but if you're able to just have a conversation about like, okay, how can we best handle it? So for us, it was, I wanted to complain and be funny about it. And it could be something maybe you do, and it could be something like that or something a little different, but you know, you can have a conversation about what is it that you need uh, to do to like ease up on like any resistances that you have. And maybe it's like just with yourself, like are you are there things that you do that you, you tell yourself you need to do, but then you like resist really badly, even though you're the one that's asking you to do the thing that you need to do. Um. But sometimes that's the biggest battle for me is me resisting me. Yeah. So, you know, so for those of you who have that same battle, I feel you. <laughs> um, so it's also how can you be, how can you have a sense of humor with yourself in those moments? Or how can you lighten up the mood in those moments so that you can still get the thing that you need to get done, done? Yeah, we have a lot of conversations about, about adulting in, in uh, our relationship. <laughs> yes. And um, I don't always like adulting either. But Sarah has, has really mastered the art of 
resisting adulting. And that's not to say she doesn't do adult things. She's really amazing. Um, but what happens is she, she'll whine and complain in that humorous way that's so beautiful. And, and she's like one of the most accomplished 24-year-olds I know in terms of living on her own and being able to support herself and, and writing books and all those kinds of things. I Very impressive to me. But what was that actor's name that does the... Oh, Chris Evans. Chris yeah. Evans. So if any of you don't know who Chris, Chris Evans is, go look him up. He's a... He's, he's a superhero. He plays a superhero in Marvel movies. He's, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of fangirls that like love this guy because he's got it very attractive. Um, <laughs> I bet there are a lot of fanboys that love him too. Oh, oh yeah. Like, you know, he's just, he's a great, he's a, he's a very attractive person and actor. Um, but uh, he, there was this interview that he did um, with like the Tonight or the Daily Show or something like that. It was, he was being whatever. It was on TV. And, <laughs> There, he, he just mentioned how, like, he's 30, I'm like, he's like, I'm a 30-year-old man, and every day I'll say to myself, I don't like it, whenever he, like, is met with something that he doesn't really want to deal with, he'll just be like, I don't like it, and I saw that, and then I immediately went and told my mom, and then we were both like, oh, we gotta incorporate this into our life, so now that's something we also do, is like, if you don't want to do something it's just but 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 I don't like I don't wanna <laughs> and it's funny because it's just making funny fun of it a little bit and a little bit baby talkish kind of thing it, there's something about it and I've introduced this to a number of my friends that's just so fun and light like how and, can you be angry yeah. really or frustrated when you're saying to yourself or to someone else but mostly to yourself I don't like it like the same thing with like the the concept of how can you say like can you still be angry if you say like bubbles or something there's certain words where like if you say it a certain way that like how can you not be how how would you still be angry if you were just saying it like bubbles and like the weirdest deeper voice you possibly could like you just sound ridiculous you can't really be angry you're sounding ridiculous and laughing at yourself yeah. So it's like that similar kind of concept of like, how can you say it in a way where it just completely like overturns the frustration into now you're just being goofy and so you can't help but laugh and then immediately like boost your mood. It's almost like it honors your inner child a little bit. Yeah. I was thinking about um, the beginnings of the shelter in place orders for us in California, which were mid-March where we live. And uh, I was often saying, I don't like this. Uh -huh. I don't like this at all. She was. Yes. <laughs> you weren't even around in the beginning. <laughs> I was, me. I was completely me alone for a little bit in the, in the very, very beginning. Um, and then I found my quarantine pod. And it has been really interesting to like use that in every situation that is, uh, uh, feels like a struggle. And to just lighten it up, because that's our big thing, is about how can we lighten this up? There's some very heavy things that happen in the world. There's death, there's destruction, there's child abuse, there's all kinds of things that are very heavy. And I don't mean to make light of any of those things, but it's the, it's the feelings inside of ourselves. So I've watched a lot of people in my life uh, just get very contracted because of fear, because of um, concern about the unknown, because of... Um, situations that they've come across that are so uncomfortable that they don't know how to deal with it. And so for me, it's about how do you change your internal landscape so that you are being more responsive that rather than reactive. 
And that's the part that lightness does for me. It allows me to be a little more responsive and a little less reactive if I can just lighten myself up first. So this isn't about making somebody else feel something different. It's about internally, and you might not even say these things out loud. I could in my um, own head in an uncomfortable situation say to myself, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. And it would, it would shift something in me. Mm-hmm. So if I, cause I, I, I'm particularly sensitive to people who yell at me um, or come at me aggressively. And so I've had to learn how to let that come at me because it's not about me and deflect it in some way and, and calm my inner little girl who feels like she's gonna get hit. Because growing up, that is what happened in my life. And um, whether I was getting hit or somebody else in the family was getting hit, uh, it was a scary time. And so for me, that's a trigger. Mm-hmm. And you know, somebody's coming at me really aggressively and ha- wants to make a point like in my face. Yeah. I do not like it. I do not like it at all. And so for me to just learn to lighten up and relax and mm-hmm. think, okay, it's not about me. And so how do I calm my inner nervous system and my little girl and allow her the space to feel the fear she's feeling Mm -hmm. and to know it's not real, it's not based on right now. This person is highly unlikely to hit me and I'm just dealing with my reaction. And so I can allow the reaction inside of me and then choose a response. And it comes with this whole concept of lightness. Mm-hmm. It's like if I if I approach that in a very intense, heavy way, and I can be very intense, but if I approach that in a very intense, heavy way, when somebody's coming at me that way, it could get really ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've had that happen before, where I you know I just come right back, and I don't do that anymore. I I have found ways to lighten m- myself internally, because again, I can't change that other person. Yeah, I can't change the fact that that's their go-to place that they come at me. And I don't hang around with too many people who are like that, but you never know where that's going to happen. It can happen in the grocery store. It can happen these days. It can happen walking on a hiking trail because people are so highly agitated about so many things. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's, it's just really about within yourself main maintaining sort of an equilibrium of like not sinking too heavy into um, intensity and not sinking not flying floating all up to the sky and being like really really light because if you're it then then it becomes very odd and then then you're not really connected to things either and that's kind of what happens there's like there are two sides of like a spectrum of and they're two extremes like you can be super light where you're not taking anything seriously which doesn't help you or if you're taking everything seriously too seriously then it's that's not helping either because then you're not enjoying anything because everything has to be serious and then often with seriousness there's no fun um and when you're not having fun where's the enjoyment like what are you really enjoying about your life and what you're doing and um so if you fall on either end more on either end it's also looking at okay so am i being too am i not taking this seriously enough in certain situations like uh it's working on being aware of that and or am i taking this too seriously because if you're always in either one of those places it's someone could be coming to you and experience something that needs to have a conversation that's like serious that's uh serious but you can be misinterpreting the level of seriousness based on if you're focusing on being not serious all the time or 
all the time being really serious. So it's, it's finding a balance of knowing when you can lighten up a, li a little bit and when you need to fall into that intensity. Um, and I was just gonna say, yeah. I have to say, she certainly brought the fun factor into my life. <laughs> uh, I mean, from the time she was very little, uh, including watching those days in front of the mirror while she was making faces to see the most effective cry that she could master. Mm. Um, so it, uh, the fun factor, if you don't have it in your life, you got to find it. Yeah. And if your life is super heavy all the time, you got to find something that lightens you and uh, makes you feel good and excited to be alive. I, I think during these times, particularly where so many people are getting more depressed and, yeah. and feeling like, um, more anxiety and for really good reasons, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to make light of any of that. There, it's, it's good reasons. You know, people not knowing where they're going to be able to pay their rent or their mortgage yep. next month. Are they going to have to get in line to go to the, um, the food bank? You know, what, what's going to happen? But I've watched people in my life that I've known who've had horrific things happen to them and such a range of responses people have. Mm -hmm. And some people just relatively quickly are able to say, yeah, that sucked. And this is what I did to move on to the next level. And I used to be one of those people that felt like what you needed to do was reach for the better feeling all the time. And I wasn't allowing myself to have whatever the feeling was mm -hmm. flow through me because what I realized was those feelings get trapped inside of you. Yeah. So if you're angry about something or if you have hurt feelings about something and you just say, oh, I'm just, I'm going to be above that. I'm, 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 I'm going to not do that. Well, the reality is you have feelings. You can't control the feelings you have. You can only uh, control the response to those feelings. Yeah. And I think that's the part that, that we've gotten much, much better at. This is not to say we don't in the moment have reactive responses to each other. Yeah. Um, or to anybody else in our relationships. Yeah. We do. Yeah. It, it's human. It's, it's like, it, it's a human thing. Like you, you can only be so aware all of the time. And sometimes you just, it's shit happens yeah. and you know, <laughs> it hits the fan and you're like, you just get angry. You get really upset. And like, honestly, that is okay. The important thing is that when you have that, that you're aware that like, oh, this is happening and maybe you need to go take a break and like process or and let the other person know like, I can't do this right now. But it's, even if you have the reaction, just don't go back and process what you need to do and come back later to be like, all right, that wasn't, that wasn't cool. Um, so that's, we do that. Um, and, and it's just, it's just focusing on, on, you know, still feeling those feelings and being able to process them, but not sink so deep into processing all of the time and always trying to feel all of your feelings because you also don't want to sit in there either of just of the feelings the because cesspool of the negative feelings yeah. and negative self-talk yeah because that that's not gonna that's not gonna serve you because then you're you're not gonna feel good that doesn't put you in a feel-good scale you're like if, it, if it's a scale and you're reaching for equilibrium you're like really super tilted on the bottom so I want to ask you, Sarah, what are some of the ways that when you're having, uh, you know, you're getting triggered and you're having a reaction. Yeah. And so something feels like it's way bigger than it probably needs to be, or it's a big thing and you need to figure out what your response is going to be. What do you do to um, help yourself process um, the feeling before you deal with it with the other person? 
I, I mean, for with a sense of, in, in, in the context of like a sense of humor, <laughs> I usually will just say to people like, uh, I'm feeling a little upsetty spaghetti right now. Uh, I need a moment. Um, or I'm, I'm feeling something. Um, and, and if I'm trying to do it in a way where it's not, where I know something's coming up for me, and I want to let some the other person know and let them know that it's like it's not their fault It's just something that was said is a trigger for me that I don't want to make them feel them feel bad either But I also don't want to feel bad for having this feeling so I'm like <laughs> That made me a little upset. It's spaghetti not gonna lie um, <laughs> uh, So just I can be upfront about that but not try to like sink into that if for Things that aren't so serious of being like, oh, I'm, I, wow, that really triggered me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just, do that sometimes too. Like, yeah, like, just to laugh oh, at myself a little why bit. Why did that bother me? There, there's a, a new friend in my life who has called me names a couple of times. Now, these are not bad names. It's not, I, I won't give you other examples, but she's called me uh, in text, silly or baby. And I'm like, and I've had this conversation with Sarah. It's like, why does this bother me? Like, I'm not taking it super seriously. It's not, yeah. not like I'm internalizing it. I have to process it. I have to talk to her about it. It's like, huh, why does this bother me? And it's like, I can have a sense of humor about it. It's, it's like, I don't remember anybody calling me these things in my life. So it doesn't feel like it's a trigger from something else. Yeah. Um, but, you know, eventually I got to a place where it's like, oh, it feels like this. And I can identify what the feeling mm -hmm. it was that I had. Then I could look at what that was triggering. And so, you know, people talking down to me or patronizing me, I don't really like. Um, and, but it doesn't have like a huge reactive um, response inside of me. Mm -hmm. It just has a, that little thing that you just know it bugs you. You're a little you tickled by yeah. it. You're a little tickled by it where yeah. it's just like, you're like, mm, but yeah. I, I don't really like that, but yeah. I don't know why. Why don't I like this? Like, well, that's what I do with myself. Growing up, my dad used to always call me his little monkey. Oh my gosh, did I hate that. I hated it my whole life. And I don't know if you ever knew that. I'm sure as a child, I would not have said to my dad, don't call me a monkey. But, but I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And so I think now if I, somebody calls me something in that way, it probably triggers something from that time. And for my dad, that was a total term of endearment. And now when I think about it, I was like, why did that bother me when I was growing up? But I don't remember all the context of all the other emotions around all of that with my dad. You know, as I've said before, you know, I had a, a little bit of an abusive childhood and uh, never knowing what to expect and, mm -hmm. and who was going to get hit and that kind of stuff. And so um, there's something that was a disconnect. And uh, so I think somewhere I've, I've internalized some of that. And so for somebody to call me anything except beautiful woman, love of my life. Linda, you know, <laughs> that might be a little issue for me. I, and I, I got to keep working on that. And I will. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Well, thank, thank you for that. Thank Anytime. you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what else did you want to talk about today? I think um, this is whole concept of approaching life in general with lightness. Mm -hmm. And... And I, I think about it sometimes as like holding my hand open and allowing whatever to be there. So if I, I'm feeling um, anger, hurt, whatever, to be almost like to look at it, like to imagine my heart uh, on my hand open and 
The opposite of that for me would be if I were totally contracted and trying to squeeze the feeling away and not feel the feeling. And so for me, there's a lightness about just allowing that open hand. And it's one of the things you can do, and I've done this in difficult conversations. You know, one of the things I do is, is breathe to lighten up everything. And the other is to actually physically hold my hands open on my lap and to uh, not feel uh, clenched. And so sometimes if I feel like I'm, I'm sitting with my arms crossed, and I can realize how contracted that feels. Mm -hmm. So while you're listening to this or watching it, you know, feel it, feel in your body what it feels like to have your body contracted and held in and all of that. And that's what happens when we do that with our emotions. And so for you to be able to lovingly breathe into whatever it is you're feeling and then just to allow it to be without you trying to fix it. You know, we're all, I, I'm particularly a fixer and I, I've done a lot of work on being a fixer because mm -hmm. as am I, so. yeah, it's, it's not healthy um, to, to be a fixer. It certainly has its place in mm -hmm. our lives for each of us, yeah. but, uh, to live your life totally from the perspective of being a fixer, not super healthy. No. Cause then you're, then you're focusing on trying to handle everyone else's problems too. Yeah. Like then your stuff is not your stuff anymore and their stuff is not their stuff anymore. It's all intermixed. And then you don't, then it's like, you're not really sure what you're dealing with or your, your, all your things get mixed up in their things because you're trying to fix it. But then it's, it's just, you're, you're placing unnecessary burdens on yourself when you're trying to fix everything for everyone else. <laughs> Cause generally you don't really focus on fixing yourself. You fix, you focus on fixing other people because that's where you're getting your identity meet net met is um uh is by doing that so uh of being you know working uh to help people like you're helping people by fixing their problems but at the same time by trying to fix their problems for them you're not exactly allowing them to work through what they need to work through to be able to get to a place where that issue is resolved so like it, it's a it's a rescuer mentality in a lot of ways and rescuing people doesn't help that really help them it doesn't teach them it doesn't help them learn to um figure out what it is that they need to do to help to get them out of the situation or realize that they need to ask for help because with the fixer you kind of just step in and do whatever it is that you think would fix the problem and sometimes it doesn't work either well so, it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing you were talking about about you know the being on the different scales so that so you've got the um, the fixer yeah. and then the person not caring at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and so somewhere in the middle there is the person who becomes available to just listen and be present mm -hmm. because one of the things that happens for me is that when I um, make myself available to people, so many people don't get heard anywhere in their lives. And so I attract a fair number of people who feel so comfortable talking to me that, that they tell me things that they've never told anybody in their life. Perfect strangers will start just like opening up to me mm -hmm. and you know they'll a few minutes later they'll go I've never told anybody that in my life and I'll say well yeah that happens to me a lot <laughs> it's like and so I, I really think it's important to um, be able to approach people uh, with a lightness there and not make them feel like there's something wrong with them that they can't fix themselves right and it's uh, it's for when we move in as a rescuer you know, we're not approaching life with a lightness. We're approaching life as something that's hard and needs to be fixed. And what if life isn't hard and needing to be fixed? What yeah. if there are certain elements in our lives that need some work, 
But what if life is inherently good and wonderful and happy and, and loving and fun? And full of joy. Like, yeah. you know, it's your mindset really plays into how you're perceiving everything. So something that someone else might be enjoying or many people might be enjoying and having fun doing. But if you're like, wow, but you've just been in a whole mood of or just keep telling yourself that life isn't easy. Um, life isn't fun. Life is hard. Everything is full of obstacles. Like then you're you're gonna lose that that uh, that connection to the enjoyment because you just think everything is just isn't fun. Is really hard, and you just have to keep pushing, 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 pushing because there's just obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. Even if it's just like a little bump in the road, like it's just yeah. See, I told you life is terrible. Yeah, even if you trip a bit, yeah. you know, and yeah. so it's your it's. You create this cycle of just um, like reinstating that that's what's going on because that's what you keep thinking. So you you're 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 you create this mindset where um, life is not fun, life is not easy, and that's just how and you perpetuate it. Um, so it's working on realizing when you're thinking that way. Um, and I've called someone out very dear to me um, about this of thinking like, oh, that life isn't easy. Wait a second. Why do you think life isn't easy? Like if you, the more you think life isn't easy, the more easy it's not going to be. So why not just flip it? What if life is easy, but it's, but there's just a current issue that we have to handle or that it's not my problem that I, that I'm currently facing. It's, someone else's problem that's like affecting me and knowing where to um realize where you're taking on someone else's like feelings of like life isn't easy and really being able to re release that and realize that wait that's i don't need to think that way that's how they can think but i don't need to think that way i can think differently so yeah i want to talk a little bit more about um the capacity for joy and i, mm -hmm. I went to a breathwork uh international breathwork conference last year and the facilitator said, you know, I don't think we have to expand our capacity for exploring pain. I think we have to expand our capacity for experiencing more joy. And for me, that was a really profound moment. Mm -hmm. And I, I just really took that in. And then I was working with a, a person who does a, um, a kind of a water uh, body work therapy. I, I'm too long to explain about it, but it's amazing. And I'm really missing it during these COVID times. But I've had a lot to process about the stuff that happened early in my childhood, stuff that happened mm -hmm. in uh, other kinds of adult relationships. And, um, and at one point, I was wanting to face more of the darkness. And she looked at me in this very loving way and said, ah, I think there's something more for you, Linda. I think there's something more that's better than facing the darkness. And I think it's facing the light. And stepping into that light and that expansiveness and allowing yourself to feel joy and happiness. And it was like, oh, yeah. And it, it, it brought everything that we've been talking about all together for me and, and allowed me to release the things that are really not meant for me mm -hmm. and um, step into the things that are meant for me. Like that it's my birthright to feel joy and happiness and love. Mm -hmm. It's everyone's birthright yeah. to feel joy and happiness and love. And life happens, stuff happens. Yeah, you know, shit, it hits, shit hits the fan. Stuff gets fucked up. Like, it totally happens. Yeah. Um, but 
it's you can I mean of course you're allowed to feel about the things that happen like yeah. feel and process but then and we encourage the and we feeling encourage, and the process. encourage the feeling and the processing but then you can also look at be like and 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 see like where can I or how can I move forward how can I take this and learn from it and keep moving forward you don't have to add that to like you don't have to make it like a ball and chain sort of thing that you're now having to drag around with you. How can you just move forward? You can take what you've learned, realize what's what's happened, and then tr work on fix fixing it, resolving it, finding a solution so you can move on and not feel as if you're being dragged down. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as we created what the pillars were going to be of what we think is important about um, relationships, and we put the sense of humor one in, I thought there are a lot of people, like I used to be, that probably will skip this episode. <laughs> uh, because, you know, life isn't funny. Life isn't fun. And um, where does sense of humor come into having healthy relationships? No, you got to get in there, and where's honesty and transparency and, and hard work? Well, without the lightness, it's going to be hard work all the time. Yeah. And so there, it's something very loving about allowing yourself to feel joy. It's self-love and it's love for other people in your life yeah. to really allow yourself to uh, not always live in those hard times. Mm -hmm. I, when I, my mom was dying a number of years ago, um, I had a friend who said to me, I'm a really good friend in the hard times, but I won't be around much uh, after you're through the crisis. And it was, it was an old friend I hadn't reconnected with for a long time. And uh, it was an odd time, like three of us were losing our mothers or mothers-in-law at the same time. And so it was a really great way to connect and feel support. But um, it was such an interesting awareness she had about herself that uh, I'm really a great bad weather friend, but I'm not really great when things are going well. So don't count on me then. <laughs> and it's like, wow. Interesting. I, mean, I, I really want to have more people in my life where I'm sharing the joy yeah. um, and sharing and so that I, I've got a place to share the hard stuff. But that what we're moving toward is joy and mm -hmm. love and expansion. Yeah. So that actually brings us to our other point we wanted to make today. Yes, it does. Which is about undefended love. Or undefended life. So, well, or both. 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 Yeah, it works as both. There yes. actually is a book called Undefended Love I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're going to probably be able to start listing resources for you um, in our notes on these uh, episodes. And um, it's the thing that actually brought me to this idea of living an undefended life. And um, decades ago, somebody introduced me to that book and to the concept. And uh, I couldn't look at it. I wouldn't read the book because I knew I was in a situation where I was not with someone who was interested in um, pursuing that. And for us, the concept of the undefended life is to really live with no apology, to understand that and vulnerability is your greatest strength. Mm -hmm. Lots of books about that too. And to really step into what it means to live your life in a, an open, vulnerable way mm -hmm. that no matter what happens, no matter what other people respond to that, you know, so if they talk about you or they share your stories or whatever, I, I work very hard. And I, I want to change my languaging around that, but, but um, I- You put in the effort? I put in the effort. But even that sounds too hard. But I, I try to keep my focus on uh, being undefended. So if somebody's coming at me or if I'm feeling my feelings hurt because they called me silly or, or baby or whatever, it's like I don't want to feel defensive. I don't want to put up a shield. 
Mm -hmm. And so that's the big part for me is living an undefended life is to not put up the shields. So to take mm -hmm. care of myself so that I feel strong enough no matter what anybody else says and to know whatever they say doesn't really have anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. That it's about them, whether they're praising me or criticizing me. It's about something that resonates for them or triggers them. Mm -hmm. How does an undefended life work for you? Um, what's interesting is when you, you were talking about feeling contracted earlier and you crossed your arms over your chest sort of thing. And I just, that brought back a memory of like in middle school where you commented on how I often um, stood like that or walked around like that with my arms crossed over my chest. And during middle school was like probably the most defended time of my life. Um, I bottled up all of my emotions. I basically imagined um, that I, I had like a weird cellar full of uh, shelves with jars on, uh, on them. And they were each like weird goopy bald emotions, like very strange thing to imagine, but like that's how I like saw it in my head. And so I would just like stack all of my emotions in there that with that weren't that weren't joy basically everything else i tossed aside and i only was focused on when i was happy and then i was just kind of blank uh, uh without that um and which is interesting because as a, a child um mm -hmm. moving up into middle school she was very expressive very big imagination very willing to be out there it almost so in third or fourth grade she was still willing to ride her stick horse in our neighborhood yes to the point where her other mom and i were like should we let her do that because if people see her they're going to make fun of her uh and ultimately we let her do whatever she wanted to do but but that was the expressive full person experience that mm -hmm. that brought her to middle school and this is a bad time for lots of boys and girls uh in just terms of kids. wanting to just pull kids back in general yeah, yeah that like middle school sucks like i don't think i've talked to anyone who has been like yeah middle school was great i totally love to relive middle school years like i have not met a single person in my life that's been like yeah i go back to middle school they're like nah i'm good yeah. um and but for me it was i wasn't vulnerable i was constantly defending myself i built up multiple walls and it took me until senior year of high school to like actually be able to bring those walls down and to be able to really open up again and that was kind of the the, the starting point for me of realizing over time and i was going through a therapy i went through and like different kinds of therapy uh, i did breath work um and started doing breath work later and towards my senior year of college even but it was like it was a process that i went through to finally realize wait a second vulnerability is my power and vulnerability means my heart can be open to not only give love but to receive it because what i thought i was doing with guarding myself and giving love is that i i could just give love i didn't and then I, and i could receive love but the thing was with you're totally guarded you're not really able to give and you're not able to receive so for me letting those walls down realizing that i had those walls and just working on letting them down one by one and knowing that i was just going to be okay that i had people in my life that loved me and she was the biggest proponent my dear mother <laughs> of of creating a space 
for, for allowing me to do that and really helping me through that. She's been my rock for so many years and I am forever grateful to her for being there for me. And, but she created a, a like a loving pool where if something happened, I could just fall into and I would be okay because she would be there to like catch me. And with that, I realized, wait a second, I don't have to be defending myself all the time. That doesn't feel good. I wasn't feeling good. I didn't feel good in myself. I wasn't confident in myself. Um, I felt really uncomfortable in my body. And the more I realized that all of these walls weren't serving me, the more confident I became, the more love I was able to give, the more love I was able to receive. A lot of my friendships ended up getting better and I was able to put forth the effort to actually have conversations about like, hey, can we do more of this? Or would you mind doing more of this so like we can spend more time together or work on uh, creating a deeper relationship so this, this friendship can continue for longer? Um, it opened me up to finding a incredibly amazing partner. Um, and, but I wouldn't have gotten there if I hadn't gotten to a point where like realizing, wow, I feel really empty. Yeah. And that's what shutting everything off makes you feel. You just feel empty. And I don't, I didn't like feeling empty. So I had, so it was like, no, I'm done. I'm done with the walls. So I worked on removing them, not blasting through all of them because that was scary and not probably the best idea. Don't want to be a bull in the china shop kind of deal when you just smash everything and like, woo, I'm free. And it's like, but now what are you going to do with all of these pieces and figuring out what is what for like your emotions and stuff like that. I wanted to go through things slowly to process because when you just wipe everything out and destroy everything, um, you don't process through why you put up the wall in the first place. So I wanted to take the time to figure out why I put up the walls. Well, what were the triggers for the walls and working through those so that when the wall starts creeping back up again, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want you there. But why are you there? What's happening for me that's causing this, that's triggering this again? Because I don't want to go back to feeling empty. I don't like it. I like, I love my life. I'm sorry. I love my life. I don't just like it. I love it. Um, and I want to continue to love my life and I'm going to make the effort to make sure that when I'm feeling something, I'm processing it and I'm not holding on to it. And so I can move on and continue to experience joy and enjoy my life and have fun and tease my mom. <laughs> oh, you can see what a joy it is to be her mother oh yeah she loves it i do every minute well, <laughs> most every minute <laughs> there we have our days uh -huh. um and, and the interesting thing is because we work together too now uh -huh. and um i'll tell you there's nothing more to help explore your relationship boundaries more than to actually work together and for me, especially as she's gotten more experienced for her to come to me and say, mom, I don't think you should do this this way. I think we should do it this way. Um, I think this is a better idea. And, and we found ways to, to talk to each other in that way. And I can even say, I, I need a, a little break here. Cause I feel like you're coming at me with that and I can't hear you. So let, let's figure out a way to say that differently and for me to hear it differently. And, um, and how can we start over here? Uh, cause sometimes I feel the defensiveness coming up 
and um, and I feel like I'm not being heard or whatever. And she feels that sometimes too. Mm -hmm. So what we've really learned to do is listen to each other. Yeah. And uh, it, it's been a really deep relationship expanding experience to work together. We've worked together for three years now, I think. Yes. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, I have another company where uh, we do business consulting and Sarah works with me there. Um, and then we decided we really wanted to do something related to relationships because we mm -hmm. just feel so passionately about this. And so that's what brought us to, to, to Let's Get Relational. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything else you want to say before we recap for the day? No. You, you complete? I, I am quite complete, yes. Okay, Thank awesome. You. Thank you. So sense of humor, we, we kind of went into a lot of different areas, but mm -hmm. that's just kind of the nature of like how we are and who we are. And, yeah. and uh, we hope you've enjoyed that. Um, but to recap for today, we're talking about a sense of humor in your relationships, not about sarcasm, not about mocking, not ma about making fun of. Or self-deprecating. Or self-deprecating. And I think you're right. We're going to have to do an entire episode on, on, on I, and maybe being self-absorbed on both sides of it, where mm -hmm. everything's about you and everybody has to be focused on you, yeah. or nobody should look at you. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. It's like, hello. Well, we got a plan for that now. Yeah, yep. we, we, we'll plan that one. Um, <laughs> and uh, being able to complain or... Um, Deal with your resistance with a, a lightness and a sense of humor, mm -hmm. and to even if it's just with yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, Binda. Of course, you don't want to do that, mm -hmm. but you're gonna do it anyway, right? Yeah. Okay, fine, fine. You know, and self-talk. I can't underestimate the importance of self-talk. You can have a lot of fun with self-talk, mm -hmm. uh, and then just expressing, um, uh, approaching life with a lightness. Everything in your life with a lightness, not to minimize anything that's really. Uh, challenging in the world mm -hmm. but to approach it with a lightness and you're gonna get through it a lot easier that way mm -hmm. and then finally to you know look at what is going on in your life that um, is keeping you from living an undefended life where are you mm -hmm. not safe where are you not safe in yourself where are you not safe in the relationships you're in and um, I think if you'll look at a little bit of that and approach more of your life with that sense of lightness and that moving toward joy yeah uh, that one that you know expanding your capacity for joy that is amazing to mm -hmm. me and to really look at what it would take to feel more of that in your life yeah and um i highly recommend it so thank you for joining yes. us and as always we're sending you love <laughs>